Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'ana bima 'allamtena ve zidna ilmen nafi'a. Allahumme erinel hakka hakkan ve erzukna ittiba'a ve erinel batıla batılan ve erzukna ictinaba. Rabbi şrah li sadri ve yessir li amri vahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Please subscribe so that you can regularly receive the episodes. In this episode, inshallah, we will begin reading the 20th word. The 20th word is about some um, miracle stories in the Quran, uh, some other verses that refer to uh, incidents that may look like they are historical incidents provides beautiful explanations, commentaries on those verses and on those incidents, Quranic stories. But at the same time, it also provides, um, illuminates us about how to read the Quran. It provides method or one of the methods, uh, one of the approaches to, to Quran. I'm not going to go into too much detail because as we read the text, it's going to, inshallah, become more apparent. So I'll just go ahead and start. As a reminder, a rough translation of the text we will be reading and reflecting upon, inshallah, will be posted at the website uh, that was mentioned before, www.reflections-rn.org. So, the 20th word. Bismillah. Uh, Ustad Nursi says at the beginning of this treatise that it uh, consists of two stations. Obviously, we will start with the first station, Birinci Maka, first station. And this is a commentary on uh, the following verses. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ اسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسِ And... إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ أَنْ تَذْبَحُوا بَقَرَةِ And ثُمَّ قَسَدْ قُلُوبُكُمْ مِنْ بَعَدِ ذَلِكَ فَهِيَ كَالْحِجَارَةِ أَوْ أَشَدُّ قَصْوَةِ In the name of God, the merciful, the mercy, mercy giver. When we told the angels prostrate before Adam, they all prostrated, but not Iblis. This is um, actually all verses here are from uh, Surah Al-Baqarah, the second chapter of the Quran. This is from verse 34. And the second one is from verse 67. God commands you to slaughter a cow. And the third one is verse 74. Even after that, your hearts harden like rocks or even harder than, than that. And Ustad Nursi says, bir gün şu ayetleri okurken iblisin ilkaatına karşı Kur'an-ı Kerim hakimin feyzinden üç nükte ilham edildi. Vesvesenin sureti şudur. 
One day, while reciting these verses, three subtle points were inspired from the wise Qur'an's effusion against Iblis's promptings. Iblis is uh, Satan, the private name of uh, Satan. And it apparently was you know, bringing these thoughts to uh, Ustad Nursi's heart. And the Qur'an countered the effusions of the Qur'an. The inspirations from the Quran countered those uh, promptings. But Ustad Nursi first will mention, and this is one of the rare occasions, he usually does not mention the negative opinion in detail. He gives you the solution, he does not give you the, he does not mention to you the uh, problem, challenge, question, uh, things that might uh, mis mislead the mind. But in a few occasions, this, this is one of them. And interestingly, um, they, are, they tend to be about these whisperings about the Quran from Satan. He mentions the question too. So the whispering was in the following form. This is what Satan, uh, this is more or less what Satan was bringing as thoughts to his heart. Dediki. Dersiniz Kur'an mucizedir, hem nihayetsiz belagattadır, hem umuma her vakitte hidayettir. Halbuki şöyle bazı hadisat-ı cüz'iyeyi tarihvari bir surette musırrane tekrar etmekte ne mana var? Bir ineği kesmek gibi bir vakıayı cüz'iyeyi o kadar mühim tavsifatla böyle zikretmek, hatta o sure-i azimeye de el-bakara tesmi etmekte ne münasebet var? Hem de Adem'e secde olan hadise sırf bir emri gaybidir, akılana yol bulamaz. Kavi bir imandan sonra teslim ve izan edilebilir. Halbuki Kur'an umum ehli akla ders veriyor. Çok yerlerde efela yaqilun der, akla havale eder. Hem taşların tesadüfi olan bazı halatı tabiyesini ehemmiyetle beyan etmekte ne hidayet var. Etc. Etc. He said, Satan, Iblis said, You say, the Kur'an is a miracle. It has unlimited eloquence. And it is guidance to all at all times. So what is the meaning in insistently, or in that case, right? What is the meaning in insistingly repeating some particular incidents like a historical account in this way? What is the relevance of mentioning a particular event like the slaughtering of a cow with such significant description and even naming such a tremendous chapter of the Quran? Al-Baqarah, the cow, that's the name of the chapter. Right, that's the most famous name of the second chapter of the Quran, Al-Baqarah, the cow. Also, the incident of prostration before Adam is purely a matter of the unseen. I mean, it's not something that we can observe or experiment. The intellect cannot find a way to it. Only after strong faith, one can willfully defer to and submit to it. So you, Satan is saying, you first have to have faith in it, and then you can accept the, the, the matter. You first have to faith have to have faith that God exists, Prophet Muhammad is his, his messenger, uh, the Quran is God's uh, speech, God knows everything, God does not tell a lie, he always tells the truth, and then you read the Quran and you have a willful deference, you submit to the truth of uh, this, this, this uh, story, this incident, prostration before Adam. Yet the Qur'an is teaching all intelligent people. 
it says do they not use their intellect this is uh, chapter 36 verse 68 and refers it refers the quran refers matters to the intellect so satan here is implying that uh, those who do not believe should also be able to understand and accept the message in the quran also what guidance is the, is there in elucidating some natural states of rocks which are coincidental with significance now of course that those states of natural states of rocks uh, are coincidental that is satan's claim we, there is no coincidence you cannot you, you cannot chance upon chance in existence so this is what satan is saying to, to stad norsi it's suggesting that these are simple matters and if quran is such a uh, miraculous eloquent book with such significance and importance why are these seemingly simple matters in the quran right now this is how not to approach the quran in order to understand the miraculousness of the quran and to benefit from its effusions you have to grant its eloquence you have to grant its miraculousness you have to grant that it is god's speech otherwise you know satan can't play with you you have to grant that it's god's speech if, or you have to read it even if you are a disbeliever may god protect us all even if you are a disbeliever in order to understand the meaning you need to read as if it is god's speech if you read it as if it is the words of some human being etc you cannot get the point so ilham olunan nüktelerin sureti şudur the subtle points that were inspired took this form or they came in this form now ustad nursi is going to um, share the response that came to his heart in response to uh, these these whisperings of satan birinci nükte first subtle point kur'an-ı hakimde çok hadisat-ı cüz'iye vardır ki her birisinin arkasında bir düsturu külliye külli saklanmış ve bir kanunu umuminin ucu olarak gösteriliyor nasıl ki allemel ademel esma'e kulleha Hazreti Adem'in melaikelere karşı kabiliyet hilafet için bir mucizesi olan talimi esmadır ki bir hadiseyi cüz'iyedir. Şöyle bir düsturu küllinin ucudur. A universal precept, a universal principle is hidden behind each of many particular incidents or each of the many particular incidents mentioned in the Quran. And it is being shown as the tip of a general law. So, you read, God ordered them to slaughter a cow. What is it? God ordered them to slaughter a cow. You can think of this as, you know, one incident that happened however many thousand years ago, somewhere in Egypt. It, they, they, there were a few people who were doing wrong things and you know, they angered God, etc. God ordered them to slaughter a cow. You can think this is it. You can assume some kind of historicity uh, in the Quran and leave it there obviously 
these are events that took place. So there is a historical aspect to it. There is a historical reality to it. But if you assume that the historical reality is the be-all end-all, that's all the thing, then you are mistaken. Because the Quran is the speech of the all-knower and it is his eternal speech. The meanings that are conveyed to us in the Quran existed before those historical events took place. The Quran is addressing or addressed the Prophet وسلم, his companions, the followers of those companions, the followers of the followers, the following generation, the following generation, all the way to us and from us all the way to the day of rising. It is an address to all of us and we each, each generation, each individual human being has a share in the Quran. Then the Quran is referring to universal concepts, universal precepts, universal uh, principles and even those incidents that may look like they are you know particular incidents time and place bound particular incidents they are actually the tips of a general law a universal principle you need to think of it as this little you know, piece of string coming out of perhaps a thread from a fabric if you pull it and follow it it will take you a tremendous place it will take you to a general law. It will take you to a universal principle. But you need to understand that this is the case. If you look at that little string, little thread, just as a little thread, it remains a little thread. If you hold it and pull it and follow it, then you get to where it is taken, taking you to. For example, He taught Adam all the names. This is, of course, uh, also from uh, the Quran, the, the part of a verse, is about the instruction of names to Hazrat Adam, uh, our Master Adam, radiallahu anh, which is one of his miracles for the purpose of having the capacity of vicegerency over the angels, and this is a particular incident. So, this event, this incident that God is mentioning in the Quran, God um, taught Adam all the names. It happened. It happened when God first created Adam But, and it is a miracle. It's a miracle of Adam because the norm with human beings is that we uh, learn gradually. But in this incident, God just gave him that knowledge. All at once, miraculously. Um, why? Because that established his preponderance, superiority over angels. That gave him the capacity of vicegerency over all the angel, all over the angels. So God taught Adam, salam, uh, for the purpose of having the capacity of vicegerency over the angels, and this is a particular incident. So there were the angels, there was Adam alayhi salam. God taught them to prostrate and they were like, oh God, or God told them that he was going to create uh, the human being. And, you know, having had the experience of the jinn on earth and, you know, seeing how, uh, how much corruption had come out of that. And God probably told them, some, you know, about the 
qualities of the human being properties of the human being too they were surprised they were not objecting but they were surprised they were puzzled and they asked like oh god are you going to create this thing on earth that's going to cause corruption and shed blood etc and god told them that you know i know what you don't know and then he told adam the names then then he asked angels you know what is it what is it? he asked angels about the names they didn't know and he asked adam adam named them all and he says see I, you know i know what you don't know i have given adam something some some capacity that leads him that that um, makes him deserve vicegerency over angels now this is a particular incident so what you know what what does that bring to me what am i to do with that what is the relevance of that, that to me now there has to be a general principle i as a son of adam a great great great great you know great son of adam have a share from this what is that share yet it is the tip of a universal precept right so we want to understand this but we first need to make that switch in our minds change our perspective we cannot look at this only as a historical incident that we listen to the way we listen to you know fables no the quran is not you know like the satirul it's not like the fables of the earlier people we don't read the quran as if you are reading a newspaper just to you know just to get the superficial meaning no the quran has a general a universal perspective so it is the tip of a universal precept but what is that Ustad Nursi is going to explain now as follows Nevi Beşere camiyeti istidat cihetiyle talim olunan hadsiz ulum ve kainatın envana muhit pek çok fünun ve halikun şuunat ve efsafına şamil kesretli ma'rifin talimidir ki Nevi Beşere Değil yalnız melaikelere, belki semavat ve arz ve dağlara karşı emaneti kübra'yı hamil davasında bir rüçhaniyet vermiş. Ve heyet mecmuası ile arzın bir halife-i manevisi olduğunu, Kur'an ifham ettiği misüllü, melaikelerin Adem'e secdesiyle beraber şeytanın secde etmemesi olan hadise-i cüz'iye-i gaybiye, pek geniş bir düsturu külliye-i meşhudenin ucu olduğu gibi pek büyük bir hakikati ehsas ediyor şöyle ki, is that universal principle that has uh, relevance for each and every human being including me and you whoever is listening this listening to this it is the instruction of unlimited types of knowledge unlimited types of knowledge sundry practical sciences encompassing the species in the cosmos and many Gnostic sciences comprising the conducts and attributes of the Creator as taught to the humankind in view of the comprehensiveness of aptitudes. So this is a knowledge that we inherit from our great ancestor Adam in the form of unlimited types of knowledge. So there is no you know, limit to that. So the, all sorts of ordinary things that we know but also 
that we can classify that knowledge in some more specific ways, such as sundry practical sciences. Sundry practical sciences, uh, funun is the word here. This refers to either the crafts or the sciences in, its, in the modern sense of the word, and also engineering. The human beings somehow figured out how to uh, extract iron from the earth, from the ground, from rocks, melt it, and then cast it in various forms, harden it, make tools from it. How? How did that happen? What is the quality that the human being has that enables the human being to study its environment with such precision and harness the, the, the qualities and matters that he observes in his environment for his own benefit. Sundry practical sciences encompassing the species in the cosmos. We figure out ways to use the birds, uh, raise chickens, or use pigeons for uh, communication, or we raise song songbirds for entertainment. We figure out ways to use the fish. We catch them, we eat them. And other ways we uh, you know we, we keep uh, aquariums in our houses like fish bowls we figure out ways to use uh, elements minerals for instance we just mentioned iron we figure out ways to use the atmosphere the air right we figure out ways to uh, make that fine air lift tons and tons of metal planes into the air and transport things in that way we figure out how to use the sea etc etc all these sundry practical sciences are products of some capacity that god has given to us human beings in addition to um more specific interventions in human progress such as teaching uh, say the, the the craft of handling iron uh, manipulating iron to david dawood and many gnostic this is important many gnostic sciences comprising the conducts and attributes of the creator gnostic sciences i use that to translate ma'arifa right many Ma'arifa, many uh, pieces of knowledge, internalized knowledge that relate to the conducts and attributes of the Creator, of God. There are things in the creation that when we observe, we can relate them to God and read them as manifestations of God's names and attributes, certain names and attributes. Other creatures, including angels, cannot do that so the the comprehensiveness of the human nature or as dot norsi uses as uh, mentions in this sentence the comprehensiveness of aptitudes the human being has the aptitude to acquire um we cannot say unlimited uh, because you know there will come the day of rising and we will probably stop at some point uh, but if we think of the, the, the continuation of this in the hereafter too, 
to eternity and if you think that there will be renewal something new again and again continuous renewal there there will be new ways of manifestation of our lord and the human being will be the uh will be the interlocutor of that the addressee of that will be able to receive all of that and perhaps in that sense we can even say unlimited we have unlimited aptitude to acquire unlimited knowledge and make sense of it use it to learn about our lord to learn about his creation to appreciate that and to become thankful in return for that to have gratitude and and and worshipful uh, to glorify our lord to to exalt our lord to worship our lord right so all of these relate to knowledge the more we know about our lord's uh, creation the more we can infer his names and attributes from that and the more we can uh, with a with a further more expanded understanding we can glorify and worship him appreciate uh, appreciate his generosity blessings solicitude etc and and be grateful in return it is this instruction so the origin of all of this is that instruction that was given to adam salam in the form of um we don't know the exact form of that that is that yeah the, the, the exact shape nature quiddity of that we don't know but we inherited that as as these aptitudes okay whatever was given to him we inherited that as these aptitudes uh, ability to perceive process uh connect synthesize infer knowledge it is this instruction that has given preponderance to the humankind over not only the angels but in fact the heavens the earth and the mountains with regard to the matter of bearing the bearing the supreme trust now what is the supreme trust this is mentioned in the uh, quran god says that he offered the supreme trust this this thing this trust to you know mountains etc they all you know with with with with with with health they were all scared that they would not be able to bear it now the human being jumped on it uh, because it, the human being was rushing right hasteful and also ignorant etc uh, so that's that, that's a that's an indication of the weaker points weaker sides of the human being but regardless of that god knew that it was going to be the human being who was going to accept this and therefore he created the human being with the capacity to bear it god does not um, impose on the human being that which he cannot bear right impose the responsibility of that which he cannot bear therefore the human being is created in a way to be able to bear the supreme trust 
the supreme trust that the heavens the earth the mountains were too uh, hesitant and also afraid to to admit to accept to take upon themselves so it's a tremendous thing it is not just one incident one his historical incident it's not just you know god teaching adam salam 1000 words and him memorizing those words and then you know showing off to the angels no this is a universal thing that applies to all humanity this is a general uh, phenomenon that is affecting all of us and as the quran points out that they are the metaphysical vestures of the entire earth with everything on it that is the humankind right the human beings are the metaphysical vestures of the, the entire earth with everything on it the particular incident of the unseen about the satan not prostrating before adam together with the angels is the tip of a very broad and observable universal precept and hints at a quite significant reality it is this now um in addition to this discussion about the angels asking about human being and god teaching adam salam the names and then your know, angels prostrating uh, before adam salam another aspect of that story is that iblis or satan was also among the angels and he also was ordered to prostrate before adam and he refused now again you can think okay maybe this is something that I and you can say you know I accept God exists Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is his messenger the Quran is his, his God's uh, speech and whatever he tells in that is truth and therefore this happened Satan uh, angels prostrated Satan did not prostrate but that was just one event it doesn't have any bearing on me you if you say that no you would be wrong you would be wrong God does not waste anything any word right that too is the tip of a broad universal and suddenly says even observable precept and hits hints at a quite significant reality what is that reality that's coming now Quran şahs-ı Adem'e melaikelerin itaat ve inkiyadını ve şeytanın tekebbür ve imtina'ını zikretmesiyle Nev-i Beşer'e kainatın ekser maddi envaları ve o envaın manevi müessilleri ve müekkelleri musahhar olduklarını ve Nev-i Beşer'in hastalarının bütün istifadelerine müheyya ve münkad olduklarını ifade etmekle beraber o Nev'in istidadatını bozan ve yanlış yollara sevk eden mevad-ı şerire ile onların müessilleri ve sekene-i habiseleri o nevi beşerin tarikı kemalatına ne büyük bir engel ne müthiş bir düşman teşkil ettiğini iftihar ederek Kur'an-ı Mucizül Beyan bir tek Adem ile cüz'i hadiseyi konuşurken bütün kainatla ve bütün nevi beşerle bir mükerlemeyi ulviye ediyor. Now mashallah this is a long sentence written in one um, you know this is a wrong text written in one sentence. Ustad Nursi was as usual dictating this to his students and they were taking so it's the the, the speech nature of the uh, conversation the articulation also reflects in it but in translation i try to make it as um, clear understandable as possible although some of the um, 
style is obviously being lost in the process but anyway the universal precept universal principle the general law that we can learn by reading that satan did not prostrate before adam السلام, along with the angels right what is that by mentioning the obedience and acquiescence of angels to the person of adam and satan's hubris and refusal of this on the one hand the quran points out that most material species in the cosmos and their metaphysical representatives and entrusted angels are subjugated to the humankind and we, we talked about this before entrusted angels right so everything uh, things that look like they are lifeless uh, you know frozen material only they have angels appointed to them appointed angels that represent their glorifications that represent their uh, gratitude uh, before the the divine throne and also the force that appears in and through those material things is the force that is affected through these or by these angels uh, with god's command so in that sense the cosmos is an enchanted cosmos if that's the right word to use here it is not matter only it's not force and matter only no it is full of everywhere in the cosmos it is full of angels uh, spiritual beings some of which are good some of which are evil right so by mentioning the obedience and acquiescence of angels to the person of adam and satan's hubris and refusal of this refusal to prostrate on the one hand the quran points out that most material species in the cosmos and their metaphysical representatives and entrusted angels because it is the angels that are prostrating that are obeying and becoming acquiescent uh, before adam right so and, and and those angels are representing material species minerals or plants or uh, air or fire or whatever things in existence uh, things in material existence the quran points out that most material species in the cosmos and their metaphysical representatives and entrusted angels are subjugated to the humankind and are prepared and subordinated for all the benefits that pertain to the humankind's distinctive faculties taste smell sight touch uh, hearing but also other faculties that we immediately recognize or not the faculties that belong to the heart the faculties that belong to the spirit the faculties that are hidden from us even though we have them and we are using them all the all the while right so everything in the uh in the created realm in this sense has something that uh, has a has a corresponding faculty reality in the human being and is prepared is created in a way for the human being to sense that and to make use of it and the prostration of angels before the human being points to this because all the material things in existence um, are represented and also manipulated by angels and on the other hand 
with this mentioning this incident the Quran warns about how great an impediment and how dreadful an enemy that malevolent matters evil matters which spoil the aptitudes of the humankind and lead them in wrong directions and their representatives i.e the spiritual beings that are appointed uh, to those man, ma malevolent evil matters and vile inhabitants constitute on the humankind's path to perfection so think of uh, you know, wine right wine is a malevolent matter it is forbidden and it Sadnursi says here, here spoils the aptitudes of the humankind what is the aptitude that the humankind has what is the aptitude that human beings have well the first and foremost most aptitude is to uh, to know God and to worship God but drinking wine losing one's mind intellect will prevent this person from being able to recognize his Lord and also worship his Lord the human being is sent to this world for a purpose he is charged with a duty and that duty is to know his Lord worship his Lord um, supplicate to his Lord show gratitude to his Lord glorify his Lord etc etc the more he does these and the better he does these he progresses to perfection and to the degree of his perfection he attains a station in paradise in the hereafter but if he does not attain that perfection well he does not have a place in paradise because he's not going to be able to benefit from paradise and he's not going to be able to give the dues of the blessings give give give what is due to the uh, blessings that are going to be uh, spread out in paradise so the humankind the human being when he comes to this world the first and foremost task for he or she is to move on that path to perfection but there are impediments on the way there are things that prevent the human being from moving on that path to perfection now what propels the human being on that path to perfection is you know, worshipful uh, acts of worship uh, remembrance of God contemplation of uh, God contemplation of um, death which helps the human being recognize the reality of the, the transience the temporality of this world and makes him yearn the hereafter and turn his face from the temporality of this world to that eternity and the owner of eternity and so on and so forth but there are impediments too what are those impediments well those are these these malevolent matters and the um, metaphysical or spiritual beings that are associated with those malevolent matters so when you see wine in that sense you are not only seeing wine as you know, this whatever it is made of like this carbon hydrogen oxygen water etc etc so it is not just that there are um, 
that there are appointed and trusted angels that are representatives of that wine too and they are uh, equipped with forces that can stand on your way on that path to perfection and aside from that there are vile inhabitants that might be jinn that might be uh you know the, you can think of this the army of satan satan has his soldiers and his soldiers inhabit inhabit these malevolent matters it can be wine it can be you know something else whatever is designated as uh, forbidden by sharia whatever is designated as things to stay away uh, by the prophetic model right so we just started we started with one incident adam salam being created angels being told to prostrate before him and they doing this but iblis among the angels refusing that but look when we approach the quran with this uh, humility and expectation to to um or recognition with this this recognition of the universality of its message and expectation to learn that message from the quran how the the meaning expands and uh, clarifies our own reality and thus in speaking about one particular incident about Adam السلام, the Quran of miraculous exposition enters into a lofty conversation with the entire cosmos and the entire humankind and each and every human being as members of that humankind so when we shift when we switch our perspective to this um, expectant and humble position we become addressees of the quran and of obviously through the quran of our lord Set, second subtle points the second subtle point mısır kıtası kumistan olan sahraya kebirin bir parçası olduğundan nil-i mübarekin feyziyle gayet mahsuldar bir tarla hükmüne geçtiğinden O cehennem nümun sahra komşuluğunda şöyle cennet misal bir mevki-i mübarekin bulunması felahat ve ziraati ahalisinde pek mergub bir surete getirmiş ve o sekenenin seciyesini öyle tespit etmiş ki ziraati kutsiye ve vasıta-i ziraat olan bakarı ve sevri mukaddes belki mabud derecesine çıkarmış. Hatta o zamandaki Mısır milleti sevre, bakara ibadet etmek derecesinde bir kutsiyet vermişler. İşte o zaman da Beni İsrail dahi o kıtada o kıtada neşet ediyordu ve o terbiyeden bir hisse aldıkları ecil meselesinden anlaşılıyor. This will be in relation to the uh, verse Estaizu billah İnnallaha ya'murukum en tezbahu bakara that as we uh, read at the uh, beginning. So since the region of Egypt is an extension of the Great Sahara which is a, which is a land of sand yet has become in effect the the region of Egypt has become in effect an utterly productive cultivating field with the effusion of the blessed Nile the existence of such a paradise like blessed site neighboring that hellish desert 
has rendered cultivation and farming so highly desirable for the people of Egypt and instilled these the the um, cultivation and farming uh, in the innate characteristics of its inhabitants so much that this has elevated the cow and the ox raising which is sanctified and which are means of cultivation to a degree of sacredness and in fact of the of uh, an object of worship so we are talking about a historical context and Ustad Nursi is uh, giving us an environmentalist uh, explanation of um, what may have led to uh, this practice among the inhabitants of Egypt this practice of uh, considering the cow and the ox sacred and even elevating them to a level of worship object of worship and you know we don't see that in Egypt now but we see a very similar situation in India for instance thus the people of Egypt at that time have attributed to ox and the cow a sacredness that reaches the degree of worship now at that time the children of Israel lived in this region too and it is understood from the discussion of the calf that they had received their share of that nurturing as well now this um, command God commanded them to slaughter a cow that was a command given to the children children of Israel this is part of the story of Moses right um, and the discussion of the calf is also based on verses in the Quran as a side note I'm going to read the translation of those verses so we can understand what we are talking about here when Moses السلام, left Israelites to go to Mount Sinai so this is one incident Moses Musa السلام, uh, takes his people the Israelites out of Egypt uh, from the wrath of they escaped from the, the wrath of uh, Pharaoh and he wants to go to Mount Sinai contemplate God and he's going to actually God will talk to him there too right so there is this worship that he needs to um, perform he is going to go to Mount Sinai but he has to leave the Israelites the, the children of Israel alone he leaves his brother Harun or Aaron السلام, uh, among them as their leader as he leaves but the Israelites do not uh, listen to heed Aaron السلام, as much as they do Moses السلام. so while he's away they cast a golden calf and began worship begin worshiping it so this event is narrated in the Quran as follows and again I'm reading the translation on only God said Moses what has made you come ahead of your people so God is um, uh, addressing Moses Musa السلام, Moses what has made you come ahead of your people in such haste and he said Moses السلام, said they are following in my footsteps I rushed to you Lord to please you but God said we have tested your people in your absence the Samiric Samiri is this is someone a person mentioned in the Quran we don't know exactly who he is the Samiric has led them astray so someone led the 
children of Israel after Musa left them astray. Moses returned to his people angry and aggrieved. He said, My people, did your Lord not make you a gracious promise? Was my absence too long for you? Did you want anger to fall on you from your Lord and so broke your word to me? They said, We did not break our word to you deliberately. We were burdened with the weight of people's jewelry, so we threw it into the fire, and the Samiri did the same. But he used the molten jewelry to produce an image of a calf which made a lowing sound. And they said, This is your God, and Moses is God, but he has forgotten. So somebody made a golden calf, and uh, probably when wind blew or whatever, it made a sound, and then you know people started to say, "Oh, this is this is God." Now, keep in mind these are people who are used to worshiping idols, so they basically made an idol. Did they not see that the calf gave them no answer, that it had no power to harm or benefit them? Aaron did say to them, "My people, this calf is a test for you. Your true Lord is the Lord of mercy." So follow me and obey my orders. But they replied, We shall not give up our devotion to it until Moses returns to us. So this is the discussion of the uh, calf. And from that we understand that the children of Adam also had this uh, soft point about calves. Or about cows. Uh, when they saw this golden calf, they thought, Oh, this is something to be worshipped. Right? So the people of Egypt had this weakness they because of their the conditions of life etc they considered the cow and the ox to uh, to be perhaps at the beginning they considered them blessed but then they lost lost their way and they started to think of them as sacred objects and then they moved on to the point of worshiping them and the children of Israel who lived among the Egyptians also got their share of this misunderstanding, this false um, attitude, conviction. İşte Kur'an-ı Hakim Hazreti Musa Aleyhisselam'ın risaletiyle o milletin seccelerine girmiş ve istidatlarına işlemiş olan o bakar pereslik mefkuresini kesip öldürdüğünü bir bakarın zebhiyle ifham ediyor. İşte şu hadise-i cüz'iye ile bir düstur-ü külliyi her vakit hem Herkese gayet lüzumlu bir dersi hikmet olduğunu ulvi bir icaz ile beyan eder. Thus, through the slaughter of one one cow, the wise Quran points out that through his messengership, Hazrat Moses aleyhisselam, Musa aleyhisselam, has cut off and destroyed the idea of cow worshipping, which had entered the innate characteristics of that people and penetrated their aptitudes. Thus, with lofty miraculousness, the Qur'an expounds through this particular incident a universal precept, and that is that it is an utterly necessary lesson of wisdom for everyone at all times. Now, what is that um, precept? Ustad Nusi does not explain in too much detail here, but we all have our sacred cows. We all have our weaknesses at that time they were living in this um, delta where they needed the 
cow or the ox to pull their plow or they milk the cow so this was their livelihood this was how they made their living and how they survived and they attributed rizq provision to the means that God had given to them to procure their provisions but obviously provision was coming from God these were just means they confused the means and the source the source was God the means was the cow but they forgot about the source and started to look up to the cow as the source they even worshipped it they even showed gratitude to it at the expense of their understanding knowledge of God now maybe we are you know far removed from cows and ox at this time at this age very few of us are farmers and the farmers don't uh, in, in in many parts of the world you know there are exceptions to this but in many parts of the world farmers don't till the land with with oxen any longer they use tractors uh, they use machinery for harvesting etc so does that mean that the danger is averted there is no danger of um, focusing excessively on the means and forgetting the source of course not we can now focus on machinery we can now focus on uh, the, the the false glory that we find in our the human beings ability to harness the the elements in such such um, significant and unprecedented and radical ways and revel in our ability to you know live such comfortable lives that we too can forget about the source of all of this we think that it's antibiotics that save us from sicknesses we think that it is our ability to lay uh, you know, pipes under the ground and bring natural gas from thousands of miles away to our uh, door and then put these these gadgets in our houses that burn that natural gas and you know we cook on it or we heat with it we, we heat our uh, you know houses with it and etc etc then we think that wow this is you know our ability to do this that the, we we start to worship the pipes or perhaps even worse we start to worship the companies corporations these corporate entities that make all these uh, blessings available to us as means not as sources and then we start to become puppets in their hands we start to with glazed eyes watch their advertisements and move around like zombies that are led in this way or that way with those advertisements with those subliminal messaging with those um, with the discourses that they produce that lead us astray that make us forget about our Lord anything anything that um, makes us 
forget about the actual source and leads us to thinking that the, the means is the source is a sacred cow and we need to cut them too we need to slaughter them too so they were ordered to slaughter an, a cow and to, to us it feels like so what just one cow right we are slaughtering millions of them every year in the slaughterhouses of the world we are consuming tons and tons of meat every year so just one cow so what to us that's how it feels but to them it was the means of their livelihood but they had forgotten that it was just the means it was not the source so we too can find ourselves in that position if need be we need to be able to slaughter slaughter the means that makes us make us forget about this source if need be we need to stop driving those cars can we now it is becoming more and more obvious that those cars that we drive are are um, putting tons and tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere and that is leading to climate change which if things go as they are is projected to destroy not only the human beings but all living creatures on this earth it is harmful not only to us human beings but to all living creatures we are destroying plants we are destroying animals we are destroying the planet that's you know that's something that we are observing not hypothetical any longer it is happening here and now but are we able to slaughter our sacred cows I don't know I doubt that I personally am able to do it but then there is a message to me here there is a struggle right we at least need to be in the in the struggle for it right we don't want any sacred cows the the universal message here is that we all have our sacred cows and we all need to slaughter them Buna kıyasen bil ki Kur'an-ı Hakim'de bazı hadisat-ı tarihiye suretinde zikredilen cüz'i hadiseler külli düsturların uçlarıdır. Hatta çok surelerde zikir ve tekrar edilen kıssayı Musa'nın yedi cümlelerine misal olarak Lemaatta i'cazı Kur'an Risalesi'nde o cüz'i cümlelerin her bir cüz'ünün nasıl mühim bir düsturu külliyi tazammun ettiğini beyan etmişiz. İstersen o risaleye müracaat et. Um, by comparison to this know that the particular incidents that mentioned uh, that are mentioned in the wise quran in the form of some historical events are the tips of universal precepts now the point here in the treatise so, uh, that we read so far right was not the, uh, the the commenting on providing an exegesis for the verse on the slaughter of the cow uh, or the angel's prostration before Adam السلام, and Satan's Iblis's refusal of that etc. Ustad Nusi provided that information, that uh, insight to us obviously, right? But he's providing them as examples of a larger uh, principle. And the principle is that particular incidents, individual incidents mentioned in the Quran that, met, that may look like 
just narrations of some historical events, right, are not just some historical events. They are historical events. They did take place. We, we, we don't need to, you know, think that this is you know, all symbolic and it did not happen. I said, no, we, we don't need to go there. God says this happened, so there, we, we don't have any reason to, to uh, you know, think that it did not happen. It makes perfect sense. It may have happened. And God says it happened, therefore it happened, right? But the meaning that is being conveyed through these stories is not limited to the story of those incidents. They are stories with lessons. We need to read the story, listen to the story, understand the story, and, and heed the lesson. We need to look for the lesson as we read them. They are tips of universal precepts. We need to use that tip, to, we need to follow that tip to reach the universal precept. As an example, with regard to the seven sentences of the story of Moses, which uh, which uh, are mentioned repeatedly in many chapters of the Quran. In the treatise on the Quran's miraculousness section of the flashes, we have even, and Ustad Nus is referring to himself as we here, we have even elucidated how each part of those part particular sentences entail a universal precept. If you wish, consult that treatise. Now, this is an added note to the uh, to the subtle point, the second subtle point that we read. Inshallah in, the next, inshallah, in the next episode, we will read the third subtle point as well. Uh, you know, and that's going to be related to the verse, Astaghfirullah. billah. ثُمَّ قَسَتْ قُلُوبُكُمْ مِنْ بَعَدِ ذَلِكَ فَهِيَ كَالْحَجَارَةِ أَوْ أَشَدُ قَسْبَةِ Right, so we are going to uh, read that too. But here, Ustad Nursi is... Uh, making a a clarification right the clarification is that the point here is these particular seemingly particular incidents seemingly isolated incidents are not isolated they are um, tips of universal precepts universal uh, principles and as further example he says go here and read uh, my explanation of seven other verses uh, of the story of uh, Moses uh, he says go to flashes now the flashes he he refers to here is not the book of flashes book flashes that Lam uh, Allah in Turkish that um, inshallah one day maybe be able to come and read that too is a part of the Risale you know he's referring to an a treatise that he had written earlier in 1921 and in it uh, and it is not called in Turkish Lema'ala, it is called Lema'at. In it, there is a section in which Ustad Nursi writes about the uh, wisdom and the universal principles in seven verses related to the, to the story of uh, Moses. Now that flashes is uh, included at the end of the, the book, the words as an addendum, but for some reason this particular section is omitted uh, in there. Uh, it exists only in Turkish as far as I know. I don't think that there's a translation. But the idea, uh, I suppose, uh, the, the, the point, I suppose, is made. Right? Individual, seemingly individual, seemingly isolated particular incidents mentioned in the Quran are tips of universal precepts. We need to have the humility, understanding, recognition, and expectation to, to um, learn 
those precepts to learn those lessons from the Quran and the more we prep ourselves prepare ourselves to receive that knowledge from the Quran the more those meanings will be inspired to our hearts inshallah so inshallah in the next episode we will continue with the uh, third subtle point and then we will move to the second station of the 20th word and that second station is about um, miracles prophetic miracles mentioned in the Quran inshallah subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahum an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha allahumma